Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill. I'm the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church. We are located in Evansville, Indiana. If you want to find out more about the church, you can visit our website. That information will be available to, to you at the end of the video. Today is Friday, January 13th, 2023, and this is edition number five of season eight. We are working our way through the Westminster Confession of Faith and Today we come to uh, chapter 1, paragraph 6. This will be part 1 of a two-part edition dealing with the uh, sixth paragraph in the opening chapter of the Westminster Confession. Let's pray first and then we'll look at this paragraph uh, uh, together. Our God in heaven, as we come now to your word and we come now to these matters that we have here given to us in this historic document of the church, we pray that you would give us insight and understanding. Indeed, we pray for the illuminating work of your Holy Spirit, that he might instruct us and teach us. We confess to you that we are powerless to understand anything in your word unless your spirit teaches us. Uh, So we pray that we would first approach your word with humility, uh, with uh, with dependence upon your spirit, that he would teach us and guide us and direct us, and then then, therefore we would do that which we hear. We pray for insight and wisdom and understanding. Now we ask for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, we come to uh, paragraph 6 of the Westminster Confession of Faith in the opening chapter, chapter 1, which is uh, the matter before us has been since we started this season is the matter related to the doctrine of Scripture. We have considered matters related to general and special revelation. We've considered the canonical books of the Bible and how they are given to us by inspiration of God to guide and direct our lives as the only rule of faith and practice. We've noted that the authority of Scripture is rooted in God himself and not in any man or church or council or synod. Nobody gives authority to the Bible other than God himself, for he is the one who wrote it. Now we come to chapter 6, uh, which it has a lot of information packed into this paragraph, and that's why I've determined to do it in two parts that we might not... Um, we might not shortchange the important lessons and truths that are being taught here. And so paragraph 6 reads, The whole counsel of God considering, concerning all things necessary for his own glory, man's salvation, faith, and life is either expressly set down in Scripture or by good and necessary consequence may be deduced from Scripture, unto which nothing at any time is to be added, whether by new revelations of the Spirit or traditions of men. Nevertheless, we acknowledge the inward illumination of the Spirit of God to be necessary for the saving understanding of such things as are revealed in the Word, and that there are some circumstances concerning the worship of God and government of the Church, common to human actions and societies, which are to be ordered by the light of nature, and Christian prudence, according to the general rules of the Word, which are always to be observed. Now, as I said, there's much here to discuss. Uh, We we, we will, in fact, be discussing matters related to this phrase that is here embedded in paragraph 6, this phrase known as good and necessary consequence. This morning, we're going to talk about matters related to this, the, the question of illumination of the Spirit, the inward illumination of the Spirit, and other 
aspects that fall out of that related to circumstances concerning worship and other actions that are governed by, um, well, put a different way, governed by common sense, by what the confession here in this paragraph references as the light of nature and Christian prudence. And so this question of illumination, of course, comes here in this paragraph. This differs, of course, from a revelation. And both words are used even in this paragraph. And so the question, of course, is what is the difference? What is the difference between revelation and illumination? Well, revelation is what we've already noted in the early sections of the confession in which God was pleased to reveal his will, reveal his mind, uh, and have that inscripturated for us in what we now know to be the Bible, the 66 canonical books of Scripture. That is an act of God revealing himself to us, his creatures, without which we would not know or even have any knowledge or understanding of what God has willed uh, for his creatures to do. And so everything that God has said is contained within the Bible. Everything that he wants us to know has been revealed in the scriptures. It is all there contained within those 66 canonical books. But the paragraph in chapter 6 then goes on and says that we acknowledge the inward illumination of the Spirit of God to be necessary for the saving understanding of such things as are revealed in the Word. Now, this differs from Revelation because illumination is um, that which sheds light on something that is already present. Let me see if I can illustrate this for you as best as I'm able. Imagine uh, you are to go into one of the rooms in your home in the middle of the night. The house is dark, the room is dark, and prior to entering into the room, you turn on a light or you carry a flashlight with you. Why do you do that? So that you might give light to this dark place that you might see where it is you're going. You might observe the furniture in the room where it is so that you don't bump into it, that you don't hurt yourself, you don't trip over anything, that you might find what it is you're looking for. You may have a mental understanding of the things that are in the room, but you cannot see the things that are in the room without this light source uh, giving guidance to, uh, to you as you enter into that dark room. Well, much the same way the Bible is that way. Everything God is, wants for us pertaining to life and godliness is given to us in the scriptures. It is all there. The question, of course, is how are we to see it? How are we to take note of it? Are we actually smart enough to ascertain the deep riches of God's mind and wisdom as penned for us in the Bible? The answer to that is, according to this paragraph, is no. We are not smart enough, no matter how much education, no matter how much training, no, no matter what it is, uh, we are not smart enough in and of ourselves to penetrate the darkness of what um, of uh, what God has given us in his word. Now, when I say darkness, I'm not making a reference to the scriptures being darkness, but I'm making reference to that analogy I've used. We are not able to see into the dark room without a light source. We must have something outside of ourselves 
to give us guidance and direction that we might uh, not trip over something, that we might see what we need to see. Many years ago, I was at a Bible study with a bunch of people, and um, um, someone in the study made reference to the fact that God, as they were reading their Bible that morning, God revealed to them something um, as they were reading the Scriptures. Well, whether the person understood what they were saying or not, I don't know. But I do know this, that, 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 that that's not what happened. It was already there. That information, that, that item that they discovered, so to speak, that, that piece of information has always been there. It has always been in that place, in the Scriptures. And what happened was that the Spirit of God had illumined their mind in such a way that they would see exactly what the Spirit would want them to see. Now, this happens to us all the time. We can be reading various portions of Scripture five years ago, and we have read this passage. We have taken note of a certain reference in Scripture, and we have benefited from it in some way, shape, or form. But then years later, we read it again, and, and it has a whole new understanding. It has a whole new uh, way of see. We, we have a whole new way of seeing that item. What is going on here? Well, it's not that, that five years previous, that information was not already there. It was there. It was that the Spirit of God, five years later, shed more light on the passage, on the, on the verse, on the, on the topic, that we might have better understanding. The other thing that this highlights for us, and it's the essential aspect to uh, what I want to talk about just briefly um, in our concluding moments here this morning, is that we must have the Holy Spirit if we're to understand the very Word of God. Now, Jesus himself makes reference to this in John chapter 6 when um, he says there in verse uh, 45, it is written in the prophets and that they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned the Father comes to me. Now here, the, object, or the, the, the source of learning is God himself. God the Holy Spirit is the one who penned the Word of God, and He is the source. He is the one who teaches us. In fact, Jesus Himself will later in this very gospel tell the Holy, tell the disciples how important it is for the Holy Spirit to come, that He will teach them and guide them into all truth. Paul makes reference to this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 12 to 15. There we read. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is unable, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. So here what Paul is simply saying is that in our natural state, in our natural ways, apart from the Holy Spirit, we would never understand anything that is contained within the Bible. Now this is not to say that you would not know facts who was the first king of Israel, and um, how many days did it take for God to create the heavens and the earth? That's, that's not Paul's point. Paul's point is that we would not discern the things necessary, useful for uh, 
all of the things pertaining to the counsel of God, things necessary for his own glory, our salvation, faith, and life. Now, what does this teach us about this idea that we must have the Spirit teaching and showing us these matters? What does that teach us devotionally? What does that teach us practically as Christians as we approach Scripture? Well, it teaches us that we are to approach the Word of God in full dependence upon the Holy Spirit who taught, who wrote it, that he, he might teach us, that He might open our eyes, that He might open our minds, that we would see the deep riches and truths of the Scriptures. That means that every time you and I come before the Word of God, we should pray and ask for the Spirit of God to teach us. Now, one of the things I do here at Providence before the preaching of the Word is after reading the Word, I will pause and briefly pray for the Spirit of God to illumine our hearts and teach us by opening our eyes and our ears to the truths of that which is about to be heard in the proclamation of the Word. It is really the height of arrogance to think that we can approach a holy God and all that He has communicated in His Word on our own abilities and understanding. The fact is, brothers and sisters, we must have the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is only given to those who belong to the family of God. And so it's a promise. Jesus himself says as much that as we ask for the Spirit, the Father in heaven will grant him to us as we seek to understand the things that God has taught us in his word. And so as you approach the word of God each day, as you lead your families in family worship, as you read your Bible on your own, as you come before worship, as you come to worship each Lord's day and as your pastor stands before you, pray for the Spirit of God to illumine your mind and your heart that you might understand the deep riches of His Word. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. As we continue in this paragraph uh, in the Monday edition, we will look at the matters related to good and necessary consequence as well as matters related to this circumstances concerning the worship worship of God and government of the church that are common to human actions and societies. We're going to talk more about that in the Monday edition. But until then, uh, um, if you have any comments or questions, uh, please leave me a note. You can reach me by way of informa- the information that is there before you on the screen. And so until the Monday edition, may the Lord help you today. May you study his word. May you ask for help as you do so. May the Lord richly bless you.